Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Testaverde will take the snap, go to one knee. This game is over. The Jets lock up their first playoff appearance since 1991 on a 21-16 victory over the Miami Dolphins. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Right back at it on The Fan. Joining us right now, the author of the new book, Father of Mine, inspired by true events set in 1973. Father of Mine crafts a compelling and suspenseful tale by using actual activities of the organized crime ring in Wheeling and by exploring the tensions that arise when a father who didn't think he cared about his son's chosen path realizes that he does. Ebook has been reduced to $3.99 on Amazon. It's Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. What's up, Mike? Boy, that was good. I wish I was recording that. I like that. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, I started my show tonight saying I've got NFL fatigue. I love the game of football, but uh, when I look at this Final Four, I'm like, it's Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs again. Oh, the 49ers right back in another NFC championship. The Ravens, I know they've had different iterations of it, but they're a successful organization that – just finds their way back here. And I guess we've got one Cinderella, one team that never does this really in the Lions, but they've been building towards this all year. These are four division winners. I feel like you could call this Final Four maybe by week 14. What do you say to that? Was this predictable for you? Do you feel like this is the same guys again? Or do you think this year is a little different? Well, look, both of the number one seeds won this weekend. And we have seen in the past that when that team in either conference that earns a bye week, takes the foot off the gas in the final week of the regular season and comes up against a team that had to go all out in week 18 to get to the playoffs and then won a playoff game in the wild card round. They come into that matchup with a lot more confidence and can sometimes catch the one seed flat-footed. We saw it for the first half between the Texans and the Ravens. I don't know what the Ravens said at halftime. I'd love to bottle it and sell it, though, because it worked incredibly well. And then we saw the 49ers get taken down to the very end by the Packers. Both of those teams were favored by nine and a half. So even though the one seeds won, there was some excitement in those games. The Lions-Bucks game was close. It was back and forth. It was tied 10-10 at the half, and the Buccaneers looked like they had a chance. You know, the Lions have not been overwhelming in their two games at home in the postseason, although they did cover the spread yesterday of six and a half points, biggest postseason spread ever in the Lions' playoff history, which is not a very long one, but still – 
favored by six and a half was something they'd never been before, and they did cover, but it was closer than that. And then the only upset, the Chiefs beating the Bills, something we've seen time and again. And it was an exciting game. The Bills at one point late in the fourth quarter looked like they were going to win the game. It looked like they were going to try to figure out how to take the clock down to zero and not give the Chiefs 13 or more seconds to drive down the field and force overtime or win it. But we saw what we saw, and it was exciting. The numbers are through the roof. The NFL is king. And are we stunned by the Final Four? I picked the Chiefs and 49ers to get to the Super Bowl. I frankly didn't have the Ravens or the Lions, I think, even in the playoffs back in September. But, you know, we see who's left. And I think both games could go either way this weekend. That's all we can really ask for. And we've seen enough this year to know. Whenever you think you have it figured out, you find out you're wrong. I can see both the Chiefs and the Lions winning. I can see the home teams winning. And we just tune in Sunday and see what happens. Here's another thought for you. I, I spoke on how the Bills seem to be the lovable losers, how we feel for them. Wide right. Oh, no, this is history repeating itself. Josh Allen can't get over the hump of beating Josh Mahomes and, you know, the Bills Mafia and their fans, like, they're in pain again. The, the other home team to lose in these playoffs, not in the divisional round, but the wild card around the Dallas Cowboys, complete opposite, right? These shows thrive off of Cowboys' tears. They can talk for hours about the failure of the Dallas Cowboys. Fire everyone. Dak Prescott's no good. Uh, Jerry Jones is just going through the motions. Both of these franchises have failed a ton and have come up short since the early 90s. The Bills still trying to figure out how to win some. They can't say that they've you know won a Super Bowl. They've been to some championships. What do you think it is that just separates how we feel about the Cowboys and how we feel about the Buffalo Bills? Well, the Cowboys have been polarizing for decades now. They have their five Super Bowl championships. They would love to get another one. At least Jerry Jones likes to say he'd love to get another one. I don't know whether his actions match up with his words. The Bills, on the other hand, have never gotten a Super Bowl win, and they're 30 years removed from their last Super Bowl appearance, and they've got one of the great quarterbacks in the NFL. I feel like both teams are lacking the urgency to get over the top. The Cowboys decide last week to stay with Coach Mike McCarthy to the surprise of many. Now the question this week, and I just wrote something about this at ProFootballTalk.com. We talked about it today on our show PFT Live that's on Peacock and Sirius XM 85 from 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern every weekday. The idea that you've got so many great coaches available, Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, Jim Harbaugh, even a Pete Carroll. Is it time for the Bills to sit down and ask themselves, can we do better than Sean McDermott? Do we owe it to ourselves, the franchise, and the city to try to do better? Are we just lather, rinse, repeat with Sean McDermott? And I, I hate to be perceived as advocating that they fire Sean McDermott, but you know what? Coaches and general managers all, all the time sit down and they look at their roster and they say, is there somebody out there better than who we have? Is there somebody better on the roster who isn't playing, who should be playing? That same standard applies to the coaches and the general managers. And I think it's fair for Terry Pagula to at least entertain the possibility. Is there somebody better who can get more out of the remaining years of Josh Allen's prime? And maybe the answer is yes. And maybe that's what it's going to take to get the Bills over the top. I saw Fire McDermott trending on X earlier tonight. I think a lot of Bills fans have realized that if you keep getting the same result with the same formula, you got to change the formula at some point. And they're six years into Josh Allen's career. I don't know how many more he has in his prime but I'm surprised they haven't made it to a Super Bowl yet, and I think it just creates more urgency to try to get there. Yeah, I, I know they were banged up, but I felt like this is the year they've been, you know, playing for their seasons, for their for their lives. 
the last six weeks, you know, having to win games. And I thought that this was their year getting Mahomes on the road. But obviously, uh, that's another, you know, notch in Andy Reid and, and Mahomes belt. Like, they, they go on the road, Bills Mafia knocked them off. Uh, here's something that you wrote about on January 20th. I've been talking about Dak Prescott. Uh, Mikey and Queens called, and he's a Cowboys fan. I'm a Cowboys fan, and we're talking about Dak Prescott and uh, his extension. And I think some fans are getting it confused that Mike McCarthy has one more year on his deal, and they don't have to renew that deal. That can be a let's see what happens. If you don't win the Super Bowl, you're probably gone. But Dak Prescott coming off of putting up MVP numbers in the final year of his four-year extension that he got, I've been saying to the listeners at WFAN, they never believed in the guy. They drafted him fourth round. They didn't renew his rookie deal. They tagged him, and then in lieu of tagging him again, they gave him this four-year extension. Here we go. The four years is already about to be up. No pun intended with the here we go. Like, Dak Prescott is the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. So talking about doing the same things, expecting different results, they're locked in with a guy that they've they could have – Paid him nothing. They could have gave him a long-term deal. They could have taken his rookie deal, gave him a nut. Before he got to this level, they could have saved a lot of money on him, and that's also going to hurt them as they have to pay Micah Parsons and CeeDee Lamb. What do you say to all that? They painted themselves into a corner the way they handled Dak Prescott. He yeah. had a fourth-round pick. <laughs> After the third year of his rookie contract, when he was due to make $2 million in the final year of that four-year rookie deal because he wasn't a first-round pick, it was just a four-year contract, they didn't give him an extension. They had him for that fourth year at a very low salary. Then they decided for the fifth year to apply the franchise tag, and it was that extra year, year six, in lieu of the second franchise tag, which if he had just played it out, then he becomes Kirk Cousins, and he goes anywhere he wants because they wouldn't have tagged him a third time because it would have been a 44% bump over what would have been a $37 million salary in year six of his career. They worked out this four-year $160 million contract, and I remember crunching the numbers when it all was done, and we reported the numbers, and I broke it all down, and it's like, man, they have to redo this thing before the final year of the contract because the cap number is $59.4 million. How are they going to have a team on the field when 25% of the cap this year is under the name of Dak Prescott? Right. He's got tremendous leverage. And let me tell you, they're lucky he had a good year because they were going to be painted even more tightly into this corner in 2024, even if he threw 15 interceptions against 23 touchdown passes like he did in 2022. The fact that he had a good year makes it easier to justify what's coming. They have to extend this contract. They have to chop down that cap number. They have to kick the can. Their only alternative is to come up with a way to put a team on the field for one more year at 59-4, and then next year he walks away free and clear. They can't tag him. He's a free agent in 2025 if they don't extend him now. And then next year, even if they take the 59.4 this year, Next year, he counts for over $35 million against the cap in dead money from dollars he's already received. That, see, that's the problem. When we see these long-term deals, a lot of teams structure them so the cap numbers are low early, but it always comes back to bite you in the ass at some point, and the Cowboys are being bit now. They're going to be bit next year, and their only real path out of this maze is give Dak Prescott a, a contract that pays him a ton of money, lowers the cap numbers, and then sets up that reckoning for some point down the road. Yeah, and I don't think there's anyone in that building or outside that building that feels like Dak Prescott can lead the team to a Super Bowl and get over his playoff demon. So we've just seen it too much. We've seen the interceptions, the bad throws, looking like he's a deer in headlights, and, and that's what they've signed up for. And I attribute it to Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones not having like an actual – I mean, no, they, I know they have guys, but you need an actual GM in there 
that could have told you, like, hey, you know, like you just said, this is going to bite you in the ass down the road. Like, this is a fourth-round pick. You didn't pick up his, his money. Like, they, they've painted themselves into the corner. Like, Dak Prescott has all the leverage. He's he's getting paid. He's getting paid like one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Let's talk about uh, one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league in Lamar Jackson. How crazy is his situation coming off of last year, right, when they tag him? And supposedly anybody could have matched the offer and got Lamar Jackson in the NFL, all of the teams, whatever. Nobody was interested. There was like eight teams that came out right away to say they had no interest. I think the Falcons were one. And when you look at the Falcons quarterback situation, of course they could have used the uh, eventual MVP in this season that might actually get his team back to the Super Bowl there in the AFC Championship. Can we talk about Lamar's contract, uh, how you know smart the Ravens look as I give them props all night? For having a good GM, front office, head coach. And, you know, Lamar Jackson's opportunity here to beat Mahomes and go to the Super Bowl like he promised on draft night. Well, and here's the key. I think that the reaction to the Deshaun Watson five-year fully guaranteed $46 million per year contract, mm-hmm. total of $230 million that happened a year earlier, is what made everyone leery about aggressively pursuing Lamar Jackson with a fully guaranteed contract, five years, 250, or whatever the case may be. And that's why the master stroke by the Ravens and GM Eric DaCosta was to apply the non-exclusive franchise tag, allowing him to be available to any other team that wanted to offer him a contract. If he had signed it, the Ravens would have had a chance to match it. Maybe they wouldn't have matched it. And even if they had matched it, you're forcing the Ravens to pay more than they want to pay if you do make that offer. That's what was so ludicrous about it. That's why it smells like collusion. And what collusion means, basically, you know, there are certain rules that apply to all 32 teams that are negotiated in the collective bargaining agreement because it's a multi-employer bargaining unit with 32 different companies that come together with the same workforce. When you start adding separate terms, conditions, rules, and approaches that aren't articulated in that labor deal, you are committing collusion violations. There is a pending collusion case about the failure and refusal of teams to give guaranteed contracts, fully guaranteed, to certain veteran quarterbacks, specifically Lamar Jackson. That thing is still percolating behind the scenes with owners being questioned under oath. And that's got the potential to be a big mess because once the Deshaun Watson deal was done, that's when there was the blowback against the Browns. You had a couple of owners come out and say, oh, this is going to make it harder to do business, including Ravens owner Steve Bishotti. And that's what created the atmosphere that caused no one to try to sign Lamar Jackson. And they've been making excuses. Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, has made a couple of different excuses that conflict with each other about why they didn't do it. The bottom line is he was available to anyone. If you're willing to make an offer the Ravens don't match and you're willing to give up a couple of first-round picks, and a player like Lamar Jackson is worth two first-round picks because with those first-round picks, you have no idea what you're getting. With Lamar Jackson, you know what you're getting, and look at what the Ravens have gotten by keeping him around. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just I think the Ravens they they drafted him after everyone passed on him, and uh, they had to play the game a certain way. But I don't think that they're worried about the money spent on him now. He had a great year under Todd Munkin, and I really hope he goes the distance and and wins the Super Bowl. Let's bring it home to New York, and, and I'll ask two questions, one about the Jets, one about the Giants. Uh, let's start with the Jets. I saw a picture emerge of Aaron Rodgers with the whole Jets offensive line out at a Vegas Knights game, and uh, it made me think about, you know, Aaron Rodgers is still on his campaign to do right by his teammates, and obviously we're seeing Jordan Love and the Packers and the success that they have had when the Packers decided that they were going to move on from Aaron Rodgers. That was the right move. 
But now we're all looking to see what are the Jets actually going to do in this offseason where many of us, myself included, have been critical of their decision to run it back with their head coach and all of their coaches with generational talents coming available in the head coaching ring. Um, with Aaron Rodgers and this offensive line, he's trying to you know bond with these guys with what's coming up in this offseason. Like, what do the Jets have to do to end the drought? What's what's the, the top two things that they have to do this offseason so that they can be watching their team in the playoffs next year? Maybe their team can, you know, break up the Patrick Mahomes run or uh, Lamar Jackson run. Like, there's just so many talented teams in the AFC. What do you think that the Jets need to do so that next year actually is the year that they thought this year was going to be? Well, step one, you need more talent, particularly on the offensive line. If Aaron Rodgers had survived beyond the first four snaps of the season, he wouldn't have lasted much longer than that. He was under immediate duress against the Bills on that Monday night opener. He never would have lasted. It's one of the reasons why Zach Wilson struggled. It's one of the reasons why the quarterbacks all year long had a hard time. The offensive line simply isn't good enough. Step number two, when it's time to decide which players are going to add this year, offensive line and elsewhere, ignore Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a transcendent quarterback. He is a crappy general manager. Give him a seat at the table, but make sure he understands we're not signing the guys you tell us to sign. This isn't the Aaron Rodgers social club. This isn't a surrogate family. This isn't a place where you hang out in a treehouse with your buddies. We want great players. Rodgers said something like, we need character, and we need offensive linemen who are characters, like funny guys that amuse him and entertain him. Screw that. You need guys who can block. You don't need guys that Aaron Rodgers likes hanging out with, and there's too much of that. Aaron Rodgers wanting to have his buddies around. They need to tell him right away, we don't care if you like these guys. We care whether or not they can block for you, period. Save the, I want to hang out with people I like until you retire. For now, hang out with people who play better than the guys that you want around, and so they need to ignore him and anything he says about who he wants. God forbid they, they listen to him and bring in David Bakhtiari, who, who has been injured most of the last four years, or any of the other guys that just because he knows them and he's comfortable with them, he wants them there. That is a recipe for failure. They need to ignore him, but they also need to find more talented players, specifically on the offensive line. We're on the phone right now with Mike Florio. His book, Father of Mine, is available for three ninety nine on Amazon. Check it out. One more for you, Mike. Uh, when the Dallas Cowboys lost in the first round and the Eagles lost in the first round, there was some celebrating going on on the fan, obviously, the home of the New York Giants, Giants fans calling in. And the thought was that, oh, these teams are in disarray. They're going to fire their head coaches. They're going to take steps back. This is the year that the Giants can close the gap on the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles. And I said to myself, that's not true. Nick Sirianni's safe. Mike McCarthy's safe. Pump your brakes on closing the gap. But what I do feel, and I think everyone knows this, and I've been talking about this, the draft capital that they have after this season picking six overall, having a bunch of picks, and then even the flexibility that they'll have in free agency with the cap and with guys they're going to say goodbye to, some expiring contracts, and then you actually have the formula that we're seeing with these teams that have made it to the Final Four. You have a good GM, or we think you have a good GM. You have a good coach attached to that GM. Now go draft your quarterback and go fill out the rest of the roster with talent. What do you see for the Giants in this upcoming future and what they'll have to do to close the gap on the two teams that have dominated them in their own division? I think it's actually good news for the Giants. The Cowboys and the Eagles didn't make a coaching change. Now you've got Mike McCarthy, 
clearly on the hot seat as he enters his lame duck year with the Cowboys, and everyone in the locker room knows it, and maybe they're just going to dip in the regular season because he's not going to have the same authority that a coach would have who everyone knows is going to be around for multiple more years. That's what's so weird about it. They issued the statement last Wednesday night singing his praises. We're bringing him back. Oh, but he's not getting a contract extension. Well, if you love him enough to bring him back, you should love him enough to give him a new contract. That's good news for the Giants. And this whole thing with the Eagles where – they just had one of the strangest collapses I've ever seen. They had horrible body language in the end of the season. Lane Johnson said after last Monday night's loss to the Buccaneers that that body language sends a message to the opposition and it makes it easier to beat them. It just seems like there's a story there to be told that will be fascinating about why the Eagles fell apart, but Sirianni could not get it turned around. And he's going to be on the hot seat next year because they're going to have two new coordinators. And if those coordinators aren't good enough, then everybody's gone after this year. At least that's going to be the belief. So the Giants may benefit from a season of disarray from both of those teams and then the transition the next year. And meanwhile, look, I always go back to the non-glamorous positions on a football team, specifically offensive line, also defensive line. But when you have a great offensive line, you don't notice it. When you have a bad offensive line, you notice it. When the offensive line is getting it done, you notice all the guys who are racking up the yardage and the touchdowns because of what the offensive line is doing. I would keep working on Remember when, I mean, when the Giants won their two Super Bowls this century, it was great offensive line, great defensive line. Yeah. That's going to be the key. And I know Saquon Barkley is a big talking point. What's going to happen with him? There's a lot of running backs out there that can get it done if you block for them. The focal point should be better blockers on one side of the ball and better guys who can disrupt the blocking schemes of the opposing offenses. That's the key to the Giants turning it around. Do the Giants draft a quarterback in this upcoming first round? Interesting question. They're only tied to Daniel Jones for one more year. I think a lot of it depends upon how it falls. And then the question becomes who's there versus what would someone be offering to come up and get whoever is still there when the Giants make their draft pick. And then it becomes a philosophical question of how do you feel about the guy that you can get versus all the additional lottery tickets that you can acquire by getting more picks and moving down. And the more lottery tickets you have, because nobody knows. I don't care how much money and time they spend scouting incoming players. Nobody knows. Look at the Panthers last year with Bryce Young. Nobody knows what a guy's going to do until he gets to the NFL. Get more lottery tickets. Get more opportunities for good players to come in and develop. You draft them well. You develop them well. And you have the nucleus for a team that is going to thrive well into the future. Awesome, Mike. You're the man. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks, Bobby. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. 
Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Yo, yo. Okay, let's go. Second half of the show. Keith McPherson on the fan cam to AM. Doing the nighttime sports talk. And like I said, I just got tired of it today. Really last night. Even going to bed last night. You know, this morning I slept in a little bit. Cat was hogging up the bed. Slept through my son yelling and screaming. My wife handled that business. By the time I got up, like 8, 9, which is sleeping in for me these days. <laughs> I'm like, ugh. You go to turn on ESPN and all the sports channels. And it's, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest thing since jeans with pockets. <laughs> like, we we know. We know. Andy Reid is undefeated. Patrick Mahomes is undefeated. All these different stats that come out. Now, uh, I saw Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey tied. Tom Brady and Gronk with, or they beat Tom Brady and Gronk with 16 touchdown passes. Sure, keep going. Keep going. Go, Just go ahead and win another Super Bowl. Go ahead and just win another Super Bowl. Because as soon as the, the Super Bowl ends, as soon as the football game is over, what do we all say? Baseball, it's your turn. It is officially baseball season, MLB. And, I mean, the way that the Super Bowl has gotten to now with the extra week in the season was the Super Bowl February 11th, something like that? Pitcher, pitchers and catchers, a couple days right after. So, lines up perfectly, man. I'm already there. I'm going through the motions the rest of the way. I don't have a dog in the fight. Can't really hit any bets. Actually, the only I, these are the bets I've been hitting. And uh, like a parlays, I think I'm done betting parlays. I have I have lost three thousand parlays this season. There's no point in doing that. So you said you well, you're gonna lose three thousand dollars. Because you said three thousand. <laughs> no, I'm down more than three thousand dollars. <laughs> all time, all time. If you've seen my all time FanDuel, which in New Jersey we were on FanDuel betting in our phones like 2017. So I've been doing this for I've been doing this for a long time. But uh the two bets I hit, and I put this on my Twitter, and I don't flex. Even when I do cash, like the biggest bet I cashed this year, I don't I didn't post how much money I, I hit on it. I just put, posted that it was plus. 18,000. Um, I bet Lamar Jackson to have 50 yards rushing in the first half and 50 yards rushing in the second half. He had exactly that. I bet Mike Evans to have 50 yards receiving in the first half, 50 yards receiving in the second half. He had 97 in the first half, exactly 50 to have a total of 147 in the second half. That last pass for five yards that Baker Mayfield threw to him, and then Baker Mayfield threw the game away after that, that was it. That cashed my bet, the last positive play that they had. And and so I had a good week. I had a good week. Um, I think I ended up withdrawing, like, over 300, and I definitely didn't deposit that. Um, but, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, even, I'm not even in it to, to put these bets together anymore. I like to bet anytime touchdown parlays, but like I said... When Steven Sims is scoring, when Nelson Aguilar is scoring, 
Khalil Shakir, Craig Reynolds, Josh Reynolds. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. And some of the favorites just not even getting in the pay dirt. You guys know. You watch the games. Bruce is in Flushing. What's up, Bruce? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. Two Giant points, two Yankee points. Yes, sir. First on the Giants. With Buffalo just missing, and with Kansas City, whether they win the Super Bowl or not, looking to rearm, I think those two teams are a perfect fit for Saquon Barkley. I think he probably can get a two for him, even a number one, because he can fit on either one of those offenses, and they're going to be looking to add. Want to get your comment? Then have a second point. I think the Bills would be more realistic if they have the money to spend. I think they were in that market, like they signed Leonard Fournette, they brought in Latavius Murray. They were hoping that anybody would pop as a running back. They drafted James Cook two years ago. They're still looking for a running back. I feel like Andy Reid and the Chiefs exemplify like running backs don't matter. They will they'll play, uh, which they already found in the seventh round. I, Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, they drafted in the first round. They won't make that mistake again. They had Jarek McKinnon for a while. They signed LaMichael P. Ryan. Like, I think they'll put anybody in that backfield with Mahomes. I don't know if they're looking for a Saquon Barkley for what he's going to cost. I, w- I would think Saquon is going to go um, to a team that doesn't have as good of a quarterback as well. Like, I don't think he's going to be paired with a, one of the top-flight quarterbacks. I think he's going to be paired with a quarterback that needs the help of a good running back. Just my opinion. All right, and drawing point, and then we'll get to two Yankee points. I think the Giants need a quarterback. Not because I don't necessarily think David Jones can't do it. I think he's a walking time bomb. Two years now, he's had neck injury problems, and it kind of lingered. I'm not a doctor, but if I was a Giant team official, I'd be very concerned about his neck problems in the past. Comments. Yeah, I mean, the Giants aren't fooling anybody besides maybe elementary school kids when they say Daniel Jones is our quarterback and they're not looking for a quarterback and they expect Daniel Jones to make a full recovery and be ready for training camp preseason and week one. They're not fooling any grown men that watch football and have seen his career and his injury history and also are aware of what type of quarterbacks are coming up in this draft. And also the blueprint, like I keep talking about all night. Just look at these teams. Like, You have to have a GM, a head coach, a quarterback, and a lot of times if you hit on one in the first round of the draft, you can figure it out the rest of the way. And I just think that they know that. I think they want their own guy. They know Daniel Jones is injury prone. He's not going to be the same player coming back from injury as far as like I don't see him running. And even when he was running, I remember seeing him, him take off running, and I'm like, can somebody teach him a juke move? A stiff arm like Josh Allen, a lower the shoulder, not even because he's going to get hurt. Like, I feel like he runs up high and he, he's, like, susceptible to, to taking a hit. They they have to draft a quarterback. Now, when they do it, how they do it, I'm not sure. They might not be in love with one of the top guys. And if they're not able to trade up, that changes things. Maybe there's a guy in the second round they like. But they absolutely can't go into the season with Daniel Jones and Tommy DeVito and even some people like hoping that Tyrod Taylor gets a deal and comes back, that's not good. Have have higher hopes. My two Yankee points. My Yankee radar went on alert when they picked up Diego Castilla, and I'll tell you why. This is a kid they signed out of the Dominican League 
when he was 16. Last year, even though he hit for a low average, 202, he had 11 home runs in 90-something games. He can play multiple infield positions, and he can even play in the outfield. My radar is telling me that the Yankees may be talking a deal that involves Peraza, Torres, or maybe even both. I wanted to get your reaction to that. That's a good thought, right? Uh, You know, added depth, uh, spring training invite, somebody that, you know, uh, I, I just look at guys like that, like the Bubba Thompsons and some of the other guys that they signed as spring training guys. Well, minor he's league gone. Guys. Bubba's gone. Well, yeah, Bubba and now Oscar Gonzalez are gone. I keep I keep bringing their names up and they're gone. But there's some other guys that maybe like Kevin Smith and uh, some other marginal random guys that they have signed uh, that have just like, okay, those are debt pieces. But you have the right thought that they probably are ready to trade one of these guys like a Peraza because if they're not going to – pay Blake Snell, which all those reports are saying they're the only offer for Blake Snell, then how else do you get a guy? If you can't go out and buy him, you got to trade for him, and you need to give to get, and they've given up a lot, so got to be prepared. If you end up giving up, like, you know, they, they've given up a lot of arm talent. If you end up giving up some infield players, some young in, infielders, then you got to have guys that potentially back them up in case of injury. And also, I understand that Hector Norris had a great year last year. And I understand you want to add to the bullpen. But do you really want to give a 34-year-old guy a three- or four-year contract? No, and I don't think he's going to get one anymore. I think that was the original word on Hector Neris, and now it's more like a one-year deal. I think I saw he's seeking a one-year deal between 7 and $11 million. Come on! Let's go! Sorry. I didn't mean to yell. This whole time I can't even think straight. I'm watching the Devils in overtime. Banger! Let's go! Tyler Toffoli hat trick. Devils win. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Bruce. This whole time I'm trying to have this conversation. But I'm watching that puck. <laughs> That's okay. And finally, I thought it was interesting that Cashman mentioned when I was on radio yesterday that um, Torres has been in camp in, in a minor complex now for a little while. Tells me Glaber is doing everything he can to have a, a great war here. And I just thought it was, inter- thought it was interesting that Glaber has been in the Florida complex now for a few weeks already. Yeah, yeah. He knows that he made a, a lot of boneheaded mistakes last year, and uh, he's got to make up for it. He's got to have a good walk here, and I think he's prepared for that even with the emergence of his YouTube channel and content, but also he wants to stay a Yankee. He, he's, he's making really good friends. Like, he's, he's following Judge around to NFL games. He's on uh, his, his uh, Twitch gaming channel, FaceTiming Juan Soto. Like, he, he's, he's showing up. He's doing all the right things. We'll see what happens with it. Bruce, thanks for the call, as always. Devils fans, call me up. I mean, that was electric. The Devils, the Devils without Dougie Hamilton, without Jack Hughes, we, we all know what we're looking at, uh, but they still remain a good team in overtime. And to get that win at home against the Las Vegas Knights in our building like that, 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 that was everything, man. I couldn't, I don't even know what I was just saying to Bruce because the whole time I'm just like, who is going to get it done? Who is going to bang that in to the goal for the win? Tyler Toffoli with the hat trick. Curtis Lazar had two goals tonight. 
When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Manning back, steps up, heaves one down the middle of the field, into the end zone, and Mix makes the catch for the touchdown! He went up with the big hands and caught it on the Hail Mary on the final play of the half! When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Uh, right back at it. The fan in New York. 1019 FM, Keith McPherson, your nighttime host, talking sports. You know, it feels like rinse and repeat in the NFL, but at least I have the NHL. That was that was a smart move by me coming into WFAN, you know, realizing that I didn't have a hockey team. I didn't watch any hockey. Now I'm live on the fan, taking calls, and I can't even focus on the call because I'm watching overtime, waiting for that puck to go through those two red posts. Got it. Tyler Toffoli, Devils win. At least I have the Devils. And like I said, you know, Dougie Hamilton, Jack Hughes, you know, some injuries. Everybody's going through injuries. I think I've seen an update on Filipino, too. Like, you know, there's it, it's a rough game. It's a rough sport, similar to the NFL. That's a whole other paragraph I have in my notes from the NFL, the injuries, how banged up the Bills were, how eventually it caught up to them. Their defense was banged up. You're going against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. They know that. They know who your backups are. Look at look at the Bucks defense when they lost Jamel Dean. Barbecue chicken. Cooked. Forget the guy that came in, but we're going to go right at him. Brock Purdy without Debo Samuel. The offense is different in the rain, in the elements. You can't run your little handoffs and motions and little gadget plays with Debo that that takes a level away from your offense. And then uh, Joe Tooney went out for the the Chiefs, one of their offensive linemen. Uh, they'll have to check on him all week. Debo should be good to go. Uh, Mark Andrews should be good. Like, injuries. It's a, it's a war of attrition, survival of the healthiest. When you get this deep in an NFL season, these guys been bang, 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 bang. August, September, October, November, December. It is late January. It's a long time to keep everybody upright. It's a long time to keep everybody standing. But, yeah, same thing in the NHL. But now we're at the point of the NHL season. You guys understand, right? Like, if you're hurt right now, not so worried about it. But once we get to, like, a month from now, March, hey, you got to have all the horses in the stable if you want to make a run in the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's important to have all your guys right. If you don't have all your guys, then don't even bother showing up. So 877-337-6666. Same thing in the NBA. Every year in the NBA, you can count on it. You can literally bank on it in the NBA playoffs. Sometimes guys get hurt in the playoffs. Like Knicks fans saw, like Julius Randle was hurt last year. IQ got hurt last year. That affected the Knicks. Nets fans know the deal. The Nets, what we thought, best shot. (laughs) Kyrie Irving is coming down, and Giannis gives him no space to land. There's a sprained ankle. Done. I remember going to Barclays Center and watching James Harden go through his warm-up. I think it was game five to see if he could go, to see if he could play, gut it out, play on one leg. But guys get hurt every year. I remember Trey Young getting hurt. Like it just it's just part of Giannis. Giannis getting hurt last year helped the Heat do what they did. It's part of sports. It's it's 
part of sports. All right, let's see if I can take a couple calls here. Before we go to break, William in Bridge, Bridgeport, Connecticut, you're on the fan. What's up, Will? What's up, Keith? How you doing, brother? Good, good. Enjoying the uh, hockey, and we're going to start slowly introducing some other topics of conversation into the show. Because for me, just seeing the same uh, franchises and, and players get the opportunity year after year after year, I don't know. For me, I just feel like it's the same old thing. Maybe we'll get the Lions this year. Well, at least we got the Lions. The one, like you know, one Cinderella story. We get one team every year that's like, man, they just caught lightning in a bottle. Good for them. Yeah, hey, I got a couple of Super Bowl points that I'd like to share with you. Lay them on. When I got in my car, I heard you say something about the Super Bowl that Kansas City won. I believe it was Super Bowl four. That Kansas City won against the Packers, right? That was like a that they always show that old clip with the right, right, yeah. And but that's but like a marquee know, thing. Like that's something that like you you see that as an NFL fan as soon as you start watching football. Yep, yep. Do you know that Kansas City formed in Dallas first at first? Kansas City's football team, their franchise. Yeah, it used to be the Dallas Texans. Oh, I did not know that. No, yeah, I had to take yeah, your word and they for moved, it. And they moved to and they moved to Kansas City. And I think, in my opinion, the first Super Bowl that was played as a Super Bowl was Super Bowl three. One and two, the, the, the NFL went back and renamed them Super Bowls. Yeah, I just looked up the Super Bowls. Super Bowl one, January fifteenth, nineteen sixty-seven, Kansas City Chiefs. Green Bay Packers, Super Bowl Four, Minnesota Vikings versus Kansas City Chiefs in 1970. Yeah, yeah and I'm, I'm I'm right there with you on the uh, the team originally played as the Dallas Texans as part of the American Football League from 1960 to 1962. Exactly. Yep, they sure did. And uh, one more thing, I like to say, I was listening to you, listening to you and uh, one of your friends talking. I think her name is Ariel. Ariel Epstein, yeah. Yeah, well, you tell her she's not a bimbo. <laughs> she knows she's not a bimbo. She's great. But, yeah, yeah she might even still be I'll text keeps... her. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like the guy, I, guys say things like that, you know? Yeah, but that's the internet. They, like, that's why I, I yeah. made that joke with her, because her and I have had the, the conversations. Like, guys will say whatever they want, especially when you're a young lady on the internet in sports, specifically right, right. giving out, like, gambling advice. I've seen some really nasty things. Uh, written and that's why you know she joked about it but like I liked how she told us like that example like dead giveaway you use the same word nobody else uses this word exactly <laughs> exactly yeah and one other thing you know I think a couple of parents been calling in about Dak do those parents know that Dak threw Lamb 150 balls yeah I mean definitely made him some money this year and uh, made his his career. Made him the number one receiver. Like, you better believe it. I could talk about you know? it. Uh, C.D. Lamb, I did not think was the number one receiver until this year. I didn't think that last year, the year, year. this year, but something got right with them. I think after that Niners game, they got in the lab, and, and he started going to C.D. first. Now, it kind of came back to bite him in the playoffs. Right. That's why we lost that game. But, yeah, C.D. Lamb, for C.D. Lamb's mama to be on Facebook talking about Dak ain't it and they need another quarterback. Listen, the reason your son ate like he ate this season was because Dak was looking at him first read, second read, third read, forcing him the ball. 
Exactly. Thanks for and the that's call, Will. That's why we lost that game. You're welcome, brother. Thank you. Have a good night. Okay, here we go now. 10 o'clock coming up. Two hours left to go. My Casamigos big shot of the night at 11. But taking your calls for the next two hours. Keep McPherson on the fan till midnight. KM to AM returns right after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.